0: Welcome back to the Earth on Survival Guide, the podcast for all disciplines, paths, players and game masters with requesters Josh and Dan. I'm Dan. I am Josh. And on today's podcast, we will be discussing all things Trollical Part 2 as we talk about two more of the troll moots you can find in the Crystal Raiders of Barsave. If you have any questions for us about anything Trollical, please contact us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to talk about the Ironmonger moot and the Thundersky moot. But first, we have an announcement to make. We will be doing a live podcast on February the 19th at Fredonia Con. That is a Sunday. So by the time this episode goes live on the 8th, we, you listeners, will have 11 whole days to drop us an email because we need content. So it's going to be like lightning round Ask Josh Questions things to cover the whole live hour otherwise it's just going to be Josh and I telling stories to one another which also is entertaining but not necessarily what you're expecting
1: us to do right so if you have questions go ahead and send them in i think what we will probably be doing here is any questions that we get between now when we're recording this which is 2 weeks before this episode <laughs> airs and the live episode we will probably just bank all of our questions email. yeah or, or bank a lot of them so that we have them but yeah that will be sort of our next big email episode and it will likely be sort of an email palooza and of course we will be under a time limit because we will need to get our show done and out in an hour
0: yeah 60 minutes so we will hit our marks promise you that
1: well not so even on- 60 more like 55 because we got a Leave the room so that that other people can get set up (laughs) for their thing afterwards.
0: Exactly. Don't want to run long. So on to the... Let's back up real quick. We need to do some geography placement setting like we did for the other two Troll Moons we talked about, where we talked about the Eastern Twilight Peaks. Let's talk about the Central Twilight Peaks. This is where things get a little interesting. There's more more to know, more to explore here. So the Central Twilight Peaks surround the Southern Face of the twilight peaks just butting up against the scarlet sea they wrap around the western boundary of the gray forest and they border the ancient ruins of ustrecht now if you're looking at a map great if you're not looking at a map this is what this is for you so some of the highest slopes and roughest terrain can be found in the central twilight peaks they are full of steep mountainsides sheer cliffs these are all natural defenses by the way for anyone living there and they are full of many, many flying creatures. So if you're venturing around this place, be wary uh, ice flyers, gargoyles, wyverns, and the like. There are also numerous air spirits that are very common around the highest of highest mountaintops in the central Twilight Peaks. Important to the troll history here, we will get to in a minute or so in one of the moots. Sky Mountain is located in the central. Twilight Peaks. Uh, this is the legendary home of the very first Troll Moot to be organized. Also, here are the ruins of Ustrecht, the Twilight Tower, which again we'll get to, and Blackheart Life Rock. Initial thoughts, Josh.
1: First off, we want to mention Sky Toucher Mountain uh, because not only is it, according to legend, the home of the first Troll Moot, it is also the final destination of the behemoth that came and bombarded the bejesus out of the trolls. Yeah. Uh, That as a kind of spiritual center and iconic and legendary location, it was sort of the final destination of the behemoth that came and assaulted the trolls and, and wrecked everything there. And so that assault... Is part of the reason why the trolls are all, generally speaking, upset with Thera, in addition to just the fact that they didn't like that Thera came in and wrecked their stuff, Thera did it to a sacred location, Mm -hmm. which in a way – this was, of course, centuries ago before the Scourge, back at the beginning of the Orichalcum Wars when Thera first declared empire – there's an echo of this in the fact that the Therans then went and landed a behemoth on top of Iodia, which was another sacred site yeah. to, you know, multiple cultures within Barsave. So there is a very strong it's like they have an intentional pattern. tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Imperialist, colonialist nonsense. Yes. Yes. How more can we paint the idea that broadly speaking the Theran Empire are not nice people, that they have little compunction against not only like sort of mass assaults and and whatnot, but also doing it to important cultural or sacred sites to the people that they are attacking.
0: So Thera is just a bag of dicks.
1: Thera is the worst. <laughs>
0: Just saying. Okay. Uh, so, the four four important uh, places of note in the Central Twilight Peaks before we get to the
1: troll moots. And one other thing, and this might get mentioned a little bit later, but I do want to bring it up. The ruins of the moots that were on Sky Toucher, the ruins of the communities that were, you know, ruined by the assault of the Behemoth, yeah. have been intentionally left that way as a reminder mm-hmm. of what they did. They have not been reconstructed, yeah. they have not, you know, they they have become, in a sense, sacred sites of their own as a reminder, centuries later, of the perfidy of the Therans.
0: Just on Skytoucher Mountain. This also, by the way, has uh, rich deposits of true air, and the Thundersky Moot claimed Skytoucher Mountain after the Scourge, so this is their territory. The ruins of Ustrecht was Founded by the trolls from the Skol region, and Ustrecht means united in troll language, the city of Arrakal is also in there. It is grand stone buildings of the finest workmanship you will ever come across, pretty much next to Parlanth, uh, are also in the ruins of Ustrecht, because Ustrecht was a kingdom, and the city of Arrakal is one city in the kingdom. The ruins and Arrakal did not survive the scourge, so there are things to go explore there if you want. But the Crystal Raiders, as a collective whole, all the Trollmoots refuse to take anything from Ustrecht in any way, shape, or form. Then there's also the Twilight Tower, once home to the Order of Silver Twilight. And this has been abandoned, they believe, with no idea of what became of the inhabitants of the Twilight Tower. So those are those three mountain ruins of Ustrecht, Twilight Tower. And then there's the Black Heart Life Rock, which is a three-sided pyramid, roughly 30 feet tall. It's made out of living crystal. It is, of course, black as, as obsidian. And the Blackheart Brotherhood Terrace Farms, the lands nearby. So four points of interest around the Central Twilight Peaks. Any further thoughts, Josh?
1: No, these are all kind of more interesting and, and flavorful locations that show up. The uh, Twilight Tower and the Order of Silver Twilight, there is a magic item, a thread item called the Twilight Staff that is connected to them. But there is not much that is known about the Order of Silver Twilight and sort of what they were and what has become of them.
0: I think nice little sandbox toys for the Game Master to expound upon them as they wish. Kind of go from there. So that scene setting having now been completed we can get to the Ironmonger Moot. The Ironmonger Moot pretty much resides on the north side of the Central Peaks. They are workers in metal and stone primarily. And since, of course, they fall under the Crystal Raiders, they will have some crystal adornments, but this is not where they specialize. They specialize in metal and stone. More often, more often than not, metal. This Moot formed after the Scourge from remnants of the Ustrecht clans. So, People, the, the lowland trolls who actually fled from Ustrecht into the mountains for refuge. After the Scourge, all of those refugees and survivors basically formed the Ironmonger Moot. And they are led by Chief Yorvac, Ironwill, Bronzeclaw, you gotta love these names, a Seventh Circle Skyraider, and he's a more nuanced character because... Everybody in Earthon is a very nuanced character. He admires the arts of metalworking and smithing and has been taking lessons on some of that, but he doesn't have the time necessarily to dedicate himself to do so. And he's taking lessons from Voltan Blackhammer Ironbender, the Eighth Circle Weaponsmith, who is like a savant in this regard. And the other person note for this clan, this moot, is Fergus Earthsinger Darkcloud, a Sixth Circle Elementalist.
1: Yeah. Yorvak, the chief, while he is descended from the Ustrecht refugees that uh, kind of joined with the other smaller clans that were in the sort of north central twilight peaks, Mm -hmm. you know, near the borders of Ustrecht, and is sort of descended from them, is one of the ones that is sort of most strongly against the idea of returning to Oostrekt or delving into its ruins. A lot of the specifics aren't really gotten into, but it seems to me that there's sort of a general feeling that that we have fled that space and we have rediscovered our true heritage as Highland Trolls, as Crystal Raiders, and that perhaps in some ways the loss of Oostrekt or the collapse of Oostrekt during the Scourge is a result of... Their weakness Again, kind of playing into that very strong Highland troll Skyraider cultural idea that s- survival is strength, and therefore the loss of Ustrecht or the the death of Ustrecht in a sense was because of some kind of weakness, and there is little sense in going back to that. And also, I suspect, Ustrecht being, in a sense, haunted ruins of some sort, because it was destroyed by horrors that there is probably some like, let's not go and mess with things because we don't necessarily know what's there.
0: Well, they think it's cursed. They just say, yeah, you know, this is, this is enough. It was damaged by horrors. It's cursed. Leave it alone. Let the dead be dead and move on. So the the trolls as a collective whole, I don't think they spoke it out loud, but I think there's just this understanding of, yeah, that's done. (laughs) We're here now. That's the past. We can't do anything about it. Move on from here. There is a living legend cult called the Razors of Ustrecht around the Ironmonger Moot, and Chief Jorvac basically said he wants to stamp them out, but he's taking the kind of the uh, the art of war approach: keep your enemies closer. <laughs> so he's keeping an eye on them, so he's just letting them be, just to see what they're up to, versus trying to stamp them out and you know make somebody a martyr out of it. So. The razors of Utrecht is all trolls, mostly Ironmonger moot, but they their whole main thing is they really want to resurrect the kingdom of Ustrecht.
1: Right. And Fergus, the uh, elementalist that you mentioned a few moments ago, is one yes. of the more prominent members and more sort of higher circle members of that cult and is very interested and has multiple times delved into the ruins of Utrecht, including... The capital city where unfortunately on uh, according to this book, on a recent venture into them, managed to get marked by Agoastia, yeah. the crystal entity that layers within <laughs> the ruins of Aracol, yeah, and is gradually using its thoughtworm powers and whatnot to infiltrate and gain greater control of the razors to cause problems. And so, in a sense, one of the things that goes on with the Ironmonger moot is one that is a lot more, in some sense, kind of maybe traditionally earthed on. In a sense, is that you are dealing with the infiltration of a horror and a cult, an organization that is not at this point yet aware that it is being manipulated as the pawn of a horror Mm -hmm. but that is going to cause internal strife and problems within the moot and ultimately as the horrors are wont to do to cause all kinds of strife and pain and suffering and get a nice little meal out of that and possibly have members of the razors or Whatever to maybe come down into the ruins of Ustrecht to be even more direct servants or to be shaped into, uh, the troll crystal, what were they called? The Dilkava. Um, we yeah. talked about them several weeks back. The construct that is created by Agoastia and things that sort of haunt the ruins yeah. of Ustrecht.
0: Yeah. Turmoil with the side of havoc. That's exactly what horrors like to feed on.
1: The ironmongers generally have not formed any alliances with any of the other moots. And they try and stay out of things for the most part, like beyond the, the, the traditional rating, the, you know, their other moots, they do have kind of a loose deal with the thunder skies with regards to the, uh, the gray forest and the resources that are available there. But they try and keep to themselves and are, in some ways, kind of traditionalist, but dealing with this legacy of the fallen troll kingdom and the internal division within the moot as to whether that is something that should be embraced and recovered and restored, or whether it is something that is best uh, forgotten and left to fade into memory and dust. Yeah. And of course, then you've got a horror in the middle of it to <laughs> cause all up. kinds of problems. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty straightforward moot, which I'm not – I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You need the good straightforward from time to time. Yeah. And we mentioned with the um, the Swiftwind moot a couple of weeks ago where you've got the um, crafter, the, the elementalist – or weaponsmith, Weaponsmith, yeah. Who's having the dream about the crystal and whatnot, mm-hmm. and how that could potentially also tie into Agoastia and maybe be connected to that if you want to go with something a little bit broader in terms of the manipulations and plots of this powerful entity.
0: Yeah, totally. Drogar, Firebeard, Rocktapper, the weaponsmith in that one.
1: No, Drogar's no, the dwarf.
0: No. Sorry. You're we're looking at the um Nope, it was Ulig, Firewalker. Ulig. Yes. Right. Finest crystal smith. Sorry. I had the wrong one. They both started with S. I was close. I'm teasing. Uh, Otherwise, so the Ironmonger Moot, by the way, is made up of 20 clans. And the largest clan is the Bronze Claws. Hence, Chief Yorvac, Iron Will, Bronze Claw. But the Ironmonger Moot, uh, being on the north side of the Central Peaks, raids to the east and to the west and to the north and to the northeast. So those are their main raiding areas. They don't really cross over and go south much at all. Uh, right. But they do have
1: not that there's much to the south. Ultimately, you get into Thunder Sky territory kind of to the south, and yeah. then you get into the Scarlet Sea and Death's Sea. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot there worth raiding. <laughs> no, but the uh, the, the Iron Mongers are reasonably well situated to hit a lot of territory in central bar save between the Servos jungle and the Thailand mountains. And along the the Thailand River and kind of up into those kind of open plains until you get over towards the Liage Jungle and, and stuff like that. There's a lot of kind of open territory there where there is lots of stuff that they could go after.
0: Yeah. And just because we've done it with everybody else, so you can do a size comparison, the Ironmonger Moot has 12 Drakars loaded with catapults and ballistas and the usual net throwers and so forth and so on. So that's how they're doing. That's how they'd like to present themselves. But again, I, to Josh's point, they're, they're straightforward and they, they kind of need to be, if you work with metal and stone, you're going to be pretty straightforward in how you tackle things. Uh, They're not progressively, you know, trying to improve on their airship crafting. They're not trying to do anything more than just what troll moots do. They raid, they live. That's it. So, nothing wrong with that. Counterpoint is the Thundersky moot. So, to follow up on everything, the Thundersky moot is also located in the center of the Twilight Peaks. This is the child moot of the original Sky Toucher troll moot. They are now led by an escaped Theron slave named Urka, E-R-K-A, who came to lead them in a wonderfully glorious fashion, just had this calling and finally escaped Theron enslavement, made their way uh, by hook or by crook to the twilight peaks, found the thunder sky, found the moot basically in disarray with all kinds of people trying to vie for uh leadership in this. And they were just absolutely in chaos. He called him out, battled for it, won it. And his grandson now, leads the thunder sky moot after they renamed it thunder sky after the mountain so the sky Toucher mountain anyway this is uh, was once the richest proudest and most powerful of the troll moots before the scourge
1: obviously the scourge happened there we are and that's where they are now it wasn't just the fact that the scourge happened to them part of the reason that they ended up where they were is because As the most powerful, as the most prominent moot in the earlier days, they were the target of the behemoth, of the Theron Empire when they came and for the Battle of Sky Point. They were the ones that got most abused and most inflicted upon by the Theron bombardment, and that not only was a huge toll in terms of lives lost and, and... resources destroyed, a lot of them were captured and taken into slavery, and the others had to work very hard in order to get sufficient protections together in order to survive the scourge. They had a very difficult time doing it. That's sort of a consequence of what the Therons had done to them, uh, not the scourge itself. Of all the Moots, the Thunder Skies are the most anti-Theron, because they were the ones that most directly suffered at the hands of the Empire and had their people taken into bondage yeah. and had villages absolutely destroyed and massacred as a result of this, you know, of, of the Battle of Sky Point.
0: Yeah, they, they bore the biggest brunt of it. So what they focus on now is raiding, of course, but also mining, which is new for the three we've talked about previously. This is the only one that we know does any mining of their mountainous home, and they also engage in trading. So, they are really doing what they can to come back to the level of prominence that they were used to. And, the interesting thing about them is that when they raid, they don't raid other crystal raiders. The leader of the Thunder Sky moot, uh, Drovka Steelthought Thundersky, grandson of Urka Sk- Thundersky, is hoping for an alliance someday with all of the other troll moots. And so I think it's not listed in the essay, but I think that when you want to create an ally, you don't raid them first. And so I think what Drovka is doing is setting the stage for the eventual let's all trade with each other. Let's all use each other's resources properly, build up our own little tiny kingdom on all these mountaintops that we possibly can and have an alliance of crystal raiders as a whole. And so They've decided not to raid the other clans,
1: the other troops. And then that, that we can have that alliance to bond together. Again, keeping in mind that this is information from prior to the Second War. Yeah. That Drovka is looking to bring the Thunder Skies back to the prominence that they once held as the Sky Toucher moot, and to then leverage that power and that prominence. And the fact that that they rebuilt that not by weakening their neighbors, yeah, but by achieving it on their own and then being the point of the spear, the vanguard to go and strike back against Thera, presumably the citadel at Sky Point itself, yeah, the drawback sort of being that they don't really have much interest in working with anybody outside the crystal raiders outside the troll moots and it is perhaps in some ways a little short-sighted you know it says that he considers that this whole thing is is a a affair between the trolls you know between the crystal raiders and thera and is not necessarily in some way in appropriately recognizing the suffering that other peoples that that lowlanders or other powers are also facing at the hands of Thera and the common cause that they would have. And I think the plan, again, talking about sort of the pre-war situation that Neddin had to perhaps initially form a relationship with the – one of the ones we talked about previously. Mm -hmm. Swiftwind. No. Not the Swiftwinds, the other one. Stoneclaws. The (laughs) Stoneclaws. because the stone claws are the ones that are most likely to find sort of common cause with Thrall. Yes. And then once that relationship is established, leverage that potentially to if they can get the stone claws to agree to work with them to go and strike against Thera, then maybe the stone claws can help influence the thunder skies to strike against Thera as well because that's what the thunder skies want to do in the first place mm-hmm. and Work things through that way. Yeah. The other significant aspect of the Thunder Skies is there is a sort of organization devoted to Locust called the Broken Chains mm-hmm. that is led by Kagola Bondbreaker, who is cos sister and a high-ranking Questor of Locust. Yes. They are an organization that is devoted to the ending of slavery in all forms. Even to the point where they are against the traditional troll practice of having Nuats, which yeah. are sort of slaves after a fashion. <laughs> yeah. There's this cultural thing that this is okay, but the Theron slavery is bad. And the broken chain are like, no, that's, that's just as bad mm-hmm. as, as it is and had to have helped Nuats escape from the Twilight Peaks back to, you know, the lowlands or wherever they Hail from came from. Yeah, Kagola herself is not quite that direct about things, but there are a number of, of her organization that do.
0: Exactly. Drovka is an Eighth Circle Skyraider, and Kagola breaks the cycle of being a Skyraider. She's actually a Seventh Circle Warrior. But to Josh's point, yes, Questor of Low Coast as well, so she's got enough points to go around. So the Thunder Sky Moot does trade with the Ironmonger moot. But what they trade is the metal ore that they mine. They just claim that they actually raided it (laughs) as raw materials, not letting on that they actually do some mining because I think other troll moots might find that demeaning that they're doing that kind of manual labor. But the Thundersky moot is doing whatever it takes to get their, their pride back they're standing in the community back and they want to get back to being the apex troll moot so they can get that alliance going on. Because right now they don't have any current allies or enemies of the other troll moots. They're doing their own
1: thing. Right. And that's the common theme of the central Twilight Peaks, which are a couple of moots that are neutral in terms of, of what they're going they don't have any real strong antagonism towards other moots, or even, you know, they do the traditional raiding, but don't otherwise harbor any vicious feelings towards yeah. lowland communities or, or anything like that outside of their traditional practices. And even the fact that rather than raiding, they are actually mining, it's kind of a dirty secret to a certain extent. That's sort of a lowlander practice mm-hmm. within a, a certain point of view of highland culture that oh yes like you know the the dwarves and the lowlanders go in and they dig the stuff out of the ground and what we just do is we just go and take it from them after they've done that <laughs> yep but in addition to that sort of the two big key things that the thunder sky are known for are actually they they are pretty effective Combatants. Yes, they have a pretty good like tactical sense. Their chief is a very good tactician, and while he's a skyraider, he's sort of a warrior in that regard. Also, because they are in the territory around the highest peaks, they are probably the best sailors, the best navigators. Right. The airship. They aren't the best ship builders, but they are the best ship operators. Yes. Probably in the Twilight Peaks and uh, you know, deal with the most sort of extreme conditions that are found at the at the highest points of that. And in a sense, are kind of, I would say, almost the most sort of stereotypically Viking mm-hmm. in terms of the stereotypical sense of strong sailors and fighters and raiders with a strong sense of culture and honor and tradition, that that's their kind of thing. They would kind of just be there, unlike some of the others that we had talked about, where there are some broader hooks that could kind of connect them into games that are not Crystal Raider focused. Yeah. The closest thing that you've got are the broken chain, the organization devoted to Locust and how that could connect in if you've got, you know, Liberator's in your group or something Mm -hmm. like that, that a path that would be probably somewhat prominent among that group. Yeah. The thunder skies are the ones that are sort of the elite strike force trolls and the ones that would be a very interesting focus for a twilight peaks centered campaign because of what they are trying to do in their ultimate goal. But are sort of the first ones that we've come across that don't have quite as strong or ready a hook for non crystal raider focused games. Agreed.
0: And really all four of these moots we've talked about so far, the the previous two, the Stone Claws, the Swiftwind, the Ironmonger here, and the Thunder Sky now, is it's been hinted at and dropped a couple of times that there are many spirits, air spirits, around the top of these peaks. And this uh, some of the mountains are very rich in elemental fire, elemental earth, or elemental air. And so if you're needing components, mm-hmm. or you need to go talk to some spirits, I mean, there's some other little tiny ancillary things you can kind of lace in here as well as a draw to get them into this area. Yeah,
1: that could that could draw player characters to this region for some reason, and then as a result, maybe get involved in some way in the politics of the various moots, uh, whether internal or external. I mean, the Thunder Skies in, in one way seem maybe not quite as interesting as any of the others that we have talked about thus far, but there is still also that internal struggle. Yeah. The significant characters that we are presented and have been presented in all of these moots, we've got prominent characters that are kind of on opposite sides of a divide, of a potential source for conflict, and that could be something that maybe is being leveraged by agents of the the Denarastis. Yeah, you know whether one of the the scions of Denarastis themselves, or some other agents, you know, members maybe of the um, of the Gold Branch or of the um, something like that that are operating to maybe prevent the trolls from working together. Maybe trying to inflame the divisions within them to keep them weak and not uh, a potential threat to whatever plans that that they might have. Obviously, the Second War kind of demonstrated what they are capable of if you get them all to work together. And it would be in the interests of the Denarastis to kind of maybe prevent that from happening. Yes, whether it is by continuing to poke at the divides between the various moots or to try and pit the moots against each other. That is maybe something as well that could be brought in as a uh, campaign hook and how you can make things interesting or involve player characters in wider events while focusing perhaps in some capacity on the Twilight Peaks.
0: Agreed. One last thing about the Thunder Sky moot, as we've done with all the other ones before, their number of Drakars is only 10. They have thunderbolt throwers and spear throwers on all of these, so they're a little bit more advanced weaponry wise. And the interesting thing about the Thunder Sky Moot Drakars is they both operate with both oars and sails. I think they're the only ones to do that. And the Thunder Sky Moot is made up of only 15 clans. The Ironmongers are 20, remember. But the Thundersky Moot does raid the Dolaris Mountains, Caraphod. They raid to the north, so they actually cross over the border and go over the Ironmonger moot. They also raid parts of the southern Serpent River and have been known on occasion to raid as far as Jerus. So they're not afraid to go where they need to go to get things done.
1: Yeah, they are also would potentially be raiding into areas around Trevar. Yeah. If they, they're kind of coming down off of that way, you know, talking about the southern Serpent River. They would be kind of looping around. I doubt they would be flying over the Badlands, for instance. Yeah. But they would kind of need to, to loop around and be crossing over the southern stretches of the Serpent River to get down into that area. But, you know, an interesting image would be a Drakar raiding or assaulting a Tuscrang riverboat. The way a fight like that would go in oh, terms yeah. of them maybe trying to get at the cargo. I need to see that in a movie. <laughs>
0: I just do. Anyway, any final thoughts on either the Ironmongers or the Thunder Sky? I think these are, again, two very unique interpretations of what a troll moot could do. So now we have four examples, and they're all vastly different, with good reason.
1: Yeah. I really like the variety that is being presented in this book, and we will continue to see that with the other moots that we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks um, we're going to be talking about the Western Peaks. Yeah. And we'll get to the blood lores. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll get there. And, <laughs> and then some out. of the, uh, some of the other the moots that are described in other parts of bar save. Yeah. I don't really recall. Uh, I suspect like a lot of things that there was maybe some, some rough framework for some of this information. I haven't gone back to look at earlier books to see how much information there was given about what, Moots and such that there were in the Twilight Peaks and how much yeah. of this was fleshed out from existing information or how much of it was brand new and created. But I really like the diversity in a similar kind of way that we had the diversity among the various Tuskrang Aropagoi. Yes, they are all Crystal Raiders, but they all have different focuses and traditions and histories and whatnot that has them no longer be the monoculture. Yeah, that they're all this way. They all have kind of different things going on. And we'll really start to see that contrast with the next couple of troll moots that we see.
0: Gotcha. So until next time, folks, I think we should take a little bit of Jimi Hendrix and a little bit of the Thunder Sky moot and go kiss the sky for your legend.
1: Good night, everybody.